Welcome to this podcast that is all about funding. From grants to crowdfunding, we will be talking with nonprofits, foundation representatives, federal consultants, passionate community members, and so forth from every angle of the funding community to see how they can get funded, what their challenges are, and what questions they have on securing funding. I will be answering questions and providing tips and advice on how to best move forward in securing funding for your nonprofit, research, or business. My name is Holly Rustic, and I am creator of Legal Consulting. That's writing, editing, grants, and organizational development. You can find me at www.wegogrants.com or www.hollyrustic.com, where you can also sign up and get free grant templates and get access to grant writing books and courses. As a grant writer for more than a decade, having managed grants for various organizations around the world, securing millions and millions of dollars for organizations, and being a federal reviewer, I have seen every side of the coin for funding. I'm excited to share information and try my best to answer any questions so you can increase your funding and organization to impact your community and the world at large. So let's get started because money can be groovy. Hi guys! Today we are going to talk about websites and branding. Before we get started, I'd also like to just ask a quick favor for you guys um, out there who are enjoying this podcast to leave a review on iTunes or SoundCloud, as all the reviews really do help other people find out about this podcast. Thanks so much. Thanks, guys. All right. Also, if you are looking for reusable templates, go ahead and go to www.wegogrants.com. We have all your uh, templates you can reuse over and over again for funding and grant writing and all kinds of fun stuff. So you can sign up for that. All right. We're going to go ahead and get started for today's podcast. The Big W your website. Nonprofit websites in particular can be a little overwhelming and give one a headache with the prevalent combinations of tiny font, non-contrasting colors, and the scream to give, 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 while offering no clear vision of why one should give, or worse, screaming give with no clear or easy way to give. Ah, okay. So, this episode is a nonprofit's crash course on different types of websites, how to communicate your brand, and what you should not do on your website. On the last podcast, we covered why your nonprofit needs to have a website and not just a Facebook page. So, you can definitely check that out if you want some more information. But we pretty much said you need a virtual home, and that should be a website. Um, Of course, you need to have your social media too, but a website is very important. Now that you know that, you need a way for people to feel comfortable when they visit your home, i.e. your website, and to form a relationship with those visitors. All right, so a disclaimer here though, we are not going to go into how to build a website, okay? I'm not going to bore you with that or boggle your mind with actually (laughs) all those things. No, you guys, there's plenty of other podcasts, YouTube videos, and blogs out there if you want to know how to build your own website. This This podcast in particular, we're assuming that you already have a website. We're really going to go into more of the approach and give some tips on how to get your website the traffic it deserves and for visitors to take the call to action that you provide. It doesn't matter if you're using WordPress, Squarespace, Wix, or any other of the countless web platforms that are available. All right, guys, so this just assumes that you already have something you are using. We will instead discuss some formatting of your website and how to communicate your brand. So first off, we're going to start with why do people even visit websites? Well, according to Vincent Flanderns, author of Websites That Don't Suck, isn't that a great, <laughs> it's a great title. Okay, so here are the four reasons why people visit websites. 
They want slash need information. They want slash need to make a purchase or donation. They want slash need to be entertained. And finally, they want need to be a part of a community. Now, this is actually pretty accurate in my experience as a web surfer. I'm sure that you can relate to one or all of these reasons. I mean, a lot of the times I visit a website, I actually want to receive all four of these benefits. For example, why would people want to go to a nonprofit's website? Let's say the organization has a community garden in an inner city. You know, they have nonprofits, community garden in inner city. Why would you want to go to a website? Well, you might want to have more information to know where the community garden is actually located. Or you might want to rent a lot and pay online or donate to the cause. Maybe you want to see a video that was put together of a concert that was filmed in the community garden. Or maybe you want to connect with other like-minded individuals who grow their own vegetables in the city. It really is important to fill these four needs. So does your website actually offer a fulfilling experience to viewers who could be potential donors, volunteers, partners, or or other? If you aren't sure, let's see how to make this a productive experience that leads to your call to action. All right, guys, so just go back to ask yourself those four questions. Why visitors visit websites? All right, so let's go ahead and start with your mission statement. All right, mission statement. Now, we've talked about this one before, um, but yeah, let's face it. Your website does not exist as a boutique just to show off information about your organization. All right, you guys, it is not a brochure. Instead, it's actually a tool that you have employed to mobilize your audience. As such, ensure that your content on the homepage is focused on three key items. One, mission. Two, successes. And three, call to action. All right, the mission is what does your organization do and why? The successes, what are the results of your your actions or impact? And three, your call to action, how can your audience help? All right, what do you want them to do? Now, we've talked about mission statement a lot in previous podcasts, but they really are the glue that holds your organization together. Is your mission statement communicated on your website? You know, you guys, it doesn't necessarily have to be front and center. That is what your slogan is for, but it should be on your website and your website should reflect your mission statement. So just kind of like the whole essence of your mission statement. So for example, if your mission statement for the community garden is, let's say, to enhance health with cost effectiveness for city dwellers, but there's no information on how eating healthy can be cost effective on your website, see how the mission doesn't actually kind of fulfill the viewer's experience, it doesn't really fit. So to reiterate mission statements, they should be, let's just go back. So if you're really kind of like, does my website really fit with what I'm doing? Here are, let's say, five main things that you can kind of always remember about how to articulate your website. One, they need to be clear and concise. Two, they need to speak to your demographic Three, they need to be easy to remember, okay? I know some um, mission statements are like five sentences long. They're a paragraph. And to me, that's way, 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 way too much. They need to be easy to remember. Don't be Googling your mission statement when somebody asks you what it is, all right? And four, they should talk about what you do. And five, how you will get to where you want to go. So as long as you keep those five things in mind about a mission statement, that's how you can really generate a very clear mission statement that really will speak to others and communicate what you're doing. 
No slogan. I did throw in the word slogan in there. I was like, oh, no, I got my mission statement done. But what, what's this slogan thing you're talking about? Now, slogans are really like your taglines, your catchphrases. The slogan is what is going to stand out on your website. So what exactly is a slogan? Well, Entrepreneur Small Business Encyclopedia isn't that cool that they even have that in Entrepreneur Small Business Encyclopedia? But anyways, they describe it as, quote unquote, a catchphrase or small group of words that are combined in a special way to identify a product or company or a mini statement. All right. According to Cora, the word slogan actually comes from a Scottish word meaning battle cry. Isn't that cool? I find that awesome because your slogan really is your battle cry for your products and services. So a slogan can be a direct answer to a problem or an innuendo to that fixing that problem. All right, what do you mean by that? Well, either way, a slogan will focus on the benefits of your products and services rather than just the features. For example, we go grant slogan on our website is we go through the process so you can increase your funding. It's basically telling you that we will help you get funding and take care of the details while sliding in the we go in a subtle way. Well, it's not very subtle, is it? But how do you actually develop the slogan? Once again, a slogan should be simple, easy to memorize, include a solution, and ignite some warm fuzzies about the brand. All right, so many nonprofits use very boring language and slogans such as support us so we can give. Give to what? Why would anyone support you? You still have to have some clarity in your slogans. So in contrast, here are some catchy slogans that are easy to memorize and ignite imagination, such as taste the rainbow, where dreams come true. And one of my favorites, you could learn a lot from a dummy. Buckle up. These are so easy to memorize and really feature the benefit of the product or the service. For example, when someone says, taste the rainbow, you may start craving candy because we've all seen those commercials for Skittles, right? You know, they're actually explaining the benefit. Can you imagine if these organizations explained the product features instead of the benefits for their slogans? Are you scratching your head and not sure what the difference I'm talking about? Okay, so let's have a look. Here is a benefit, taste the rainbow. Here would be just describing the features. Small round candy in various colors. Doesn't really get you, get your goat there, does it? All right, now here's another one. Where dreams come true. There's the benefit. Here would be describing the feature. An amusement park filled with fun games and rides for all ages. All right, the next one. You could learn a lot from a dummy. Buckle up. The feature. A seatbelt keeps you safe in a car. I mean, it could even be more stale than that. I kind of gave a little bit of the benefit in that one, but you can see how the slogans really appease to something deeper uh, on a more subconscious level in some state, in some ways, rather than just features of what it actually is or what it provides. All right, so they sell the sizzle and not the steak, right? All right, it is more emotional and clever, and there's no reason your branding can't be clever too. Your community garden then may have a slogan like, Sunshine City, or something like that, where you are implying that if you don't have a plot in the garden, it isn't going to be very sunny around your house. Or you could feature the benefit um, more with, say, fresh food, a fraction of the cost. Really, these ways could be endless how you want to develop your slogan, whatever part of the benefit that you're actually focusing on. Do you also see how the slogan is not the mission statement? All right, now you're kind of seeing the difference, I hope. So if we were to use the earlier mission statement for the community garden nonprofit of, quote, 
to enhance health with cost effectiveness for city dwellers, end quote. If you were to put the mission statement and slogan together, it would look or read like this. To enhance health with cost effectiveness for city dwellers. Fresh food, a fraction of the cost. Here are four thoughts to consider with slogans. Is it recognizable? Is the slogan quickly recognizable? Will people only have to spend a second or two thinking about it? A brief, catchy few words can go a long way in advertisements, videos, posters, business cards, swag, and other places. All right, the next thing is it includes a key benefit. A great slogan makes a company or product's benefits clear to the audience. What are they actually going to get from this? Not the features, the benefit. The next thing is a slogan really differentiates the brand. How does your slogan stand apart from your competitors? Are you dominating the market and what your nonprofit does? Or are there 10 nonprofit organizations that do exactly what you do? How you stand apart. Is it emotional or touch on a sensory feeling? Be positive in your slogan and lead to an emotion or sensory pleasure. Taste the rainbow is great and then it makes you think about taste and gives you a visual at the same time. And I also love you could learn a lot from a dummy. Buckle up. As they are straight up calling you an idiot if you don't buckle up, I'll be in a clever way. So you can really play on words, but play also on emotions. And no, I'm not trying to manipulate anybody here, but I'm just trying to say what you're passionate about and what your needs are for your nonprofit, you need to communicate that. If it's boring and people can't buy into what you're doing, then you're going to have a hard time getting stakeholders and building relationships, getting people to donate, and also just getting volunteers. So if you really want to communicate, you need to touch people on an emotional level or on a sensory level so they really understand what you're doing and they can actually feel what you're doing so they can feel a part of it and actually want to become a part of that. Okay, so the next thing you can do to kind of help with this whole thing of branding are the successes on your website. All right, so be sure to include the success your organization has had in reaching its mission so far. You need to validate your positioning and that you are a credible organization that has addressed and will continue to address the needs you have highlighted. All right, you've been talking about these needs. Now, what have you been doing about this? All right, there are a number of ways that you can actually show your successes. I mean, you might say, hey, Holly, you know, we're a new startup. We really haven't had, you know, all these huge grants. We haven't, you know, raised a bunch of money. So how can we show our success? Well, you can do that even through testimonials from your beneficiaries. You know, you can ask them to write something just how you supported them or, you know, just what they've gotten from your organization, what your organization offers. You could also show reports on your websites. Charts and graphs are awesome. You might have links to like deeper reports, um, but I would definitely use some charts and graphs just to kind of give a snapshot of what you've done. Videos are great. Just put together a video with some testimonials or just some different staff members, different people talking about what you're doing. I mean, it can be a 30-second video that can be, you know, really show success. Reviews, of course. Um, And once again, that could go back to your beneficiaries actually reviewing what you do, but also other stakeholders in the community talking about it. And of course, statements. If you just want to have personal statements from your executive director or board of directors on your website, that is really cool too. But make sure you show some kind of success of what you've reached with your organization. This is very important as the funders or people don't see that you're active in your cause. 
they won't really buy into your commitment. You're asking them to do something, but you're not showing what you're doing yourself. So make sure you highlight this. And it doesn't have to be super extensive or anything. It can be very brief, some snapshots. I mean, a video is a million, you know, it really it enhances things by a million times. But, you know, maybe you just have some pictures and then some testimonials, a couple of quotes here and there. That's awesome too. And if you have won a lot of those grants and done a lot of fundraising, you know, you can put some of that stuff up there too. That's awesome. All right, so the last thing, your call to action. All right, it is so important to have a call to action on your website. When people come to your website, you really need to have them take an action. This could be as simple as a learn more button where you direct them to further resources or to donate to a specific cause, to sign up for an event, to subscribe to your mailing list, etc. I mean, this is endless. But whatever it is, be consistent throughout your website. So on each page, you're going to have that same call to action button. It really depends on what you want your visitors to do when they come across your website. Are you trying to get more volunteers? Maybe your main call to action is to sign up to be a volunteer. Are you wanting to build your list of donors? Are you wanting to simply give more information and resources to people for particular causes? For any of these causes, you want to clearly lead them towards that action. Oftentimes that is done through a button or requesting for emails and names. So that way you can build your mailing list. All right, that's really what you want to be doing. You might not even ask for, you know, you might have a side button for donating just to have that on there. But really what your call to action is to get people's emails so you can build relationships. All right, so website 101 review. Here are the top 13. So if you want to just kind of go through your website, give it a review and see if you're hitting these top 13. Actually, I added some. I went to 15. All right, so you guys got top 15. Woo! All right, so you can kind of use this and I'll have this on the website too, www.wegogrants.com. So I'll have a checklist here that you guys can look at with these 15. But what we want to do is this is kind of like your little audit to audit your website and see how you're doing. Now we have really described what the approach is for the website. It is now time to get into the nitty gritty review of the website. All right, here we go. Number one, Visitors know what to do when they first land on your website. Where's your call to action, right? Two, visitors know what your website is about within a few seconds of landing on your website. Is it clear? Is your slogan clear? Number three, your website is not a lengthy brochure, but communicates solving problems and appealing to senses and emotions. Number four, your website lists its successes and clearly establishes itself as a valid source. Number five, your website quickly loads. Now, I did talk about videos before. The best thing to do, what I've seen in the industry, is you put it on YouTube and then you can embed it on your website, but it's not actually, um, it's still loading through YouTube, so it's not taking up space on your website or i.e. time to load. So that might be, uh, that's an option at this point in time. It might change over time, but that's just what I've been seeing in the industry. If you have a better way, let me know. Okay. Your number six, your website has lots of white space and does not use dark backgrounds with light text. Headache alert, all right? Be simple, white background most of the time, black font for most of what you're trying to say. Yeah, your headers can be maybe different colors and stuff like that, but you want most of your text that people are reading to be um, black or dark. Number seven, your website has clear call to actions. Number eight, you use standard fonts that are simple. 
Number nine, and once again, going back to number eight, standard fonts that are simple, that's for most of your text. Sure, you can have like some fancy text as long as you can read it for like your headers and that sort of thing if you wanna, you know, that's like your logo kind of look. But most of the text that's reading, just make it very clean and standard. Number nine, all website links lead to active pages. All right, no dead pages, guys. Number 10, your events and news are very recent and not outdated. What do I mean by outdated? Well, certain websites I go to, the latest information I'm seeing is like 2015, 2016. It is now 2017, almost 2018. So that really needs to be updated. I mean, it should just be a few months at the most. I know that's a lot to update. But really, that's what your social media is for. Your website is more of the evergreen in some regards compared to social media. So with all the events and stuff that you're doing, you might want to keep that uploaded on social media. You might just have something generic on your website about we do events and have a picture. But, you know, you have most of your other stuff on social that's updated more recently. If you're having a lot going on. Number 11, your logo and graphics are clean and professional. No terrible selfies or stretched photos. That screams unprofessional and people just want to get off your page. Number 12, and you know what, guys? You don't have to spend heaps of money. Their stock photos, very cheap these days. Creative Market, great place to go to if you want to get stock photos. Otherwise, there's like a million other places. Or just use, I mean, a lot of people have smartphones now, and those are actually good enough uh, for high-quality photos. You don't have to buy like some crazy camera to get good photos. 12, you do not have wallpaper. I don't have wallpaper that is super busy and distracting in the background. 13, your website can be easily viewed on different devices. So I'm talking iPads, smartphones, etc. So if it's only on web and it doesn't transfer over, it just looks funky. And a lot of your the websites these days, they can be actually pretty easy to see what the different things will look like. So if you're doing a Facebook ad, you can see what it's going to look like on a desktop. You can also see what it's going to look like on a, a smartphone, etc. 14, the navigation is clear on your website so people know where to go. You don't have 15 different menus at the top. You know, it's very clean. 15. Finally, your website design is appealing to your specific demographic. So those are the 15 top 15 kind of reviews for your website. And I just want to throw this in that according to online funding scorecard, 84% of nonprofit donation landing pages are not optimized for mobile phones. That's amazing. All right, so if you really want people to give you money, make sure that on mobile phones, it's it's optimized for use on mobile phones. More and more people are using their mobile phones just for review or viewing websites even and for giving. So you want to make sure that they can easily do that. Otherwise, you might be missing out on some great money. Blackbaud states that the conversion rate is 34% higher when nonprofits optimize their websites and donation forms are, are mobile responses. So really get it. That's when your conversion rates are going up. That's when people are giving you money. But just remember that more isn't actually better for websites. More and more people are visiting your website via their smartphone and really the experience should be optimized for that platform. You can see why your call to action has to be prominent as a detour, um, you know, to going down the rabbit hole kind of experience. And, you know, it gets lost in unnecessary details. That's why you don't want a huge brochure and lots and lots and lots and lots of information on your website because people are scrolling it on their web phones or their (laughs) their web phones, on their smartphones more and more. So cut out what isn't needed and be clear and succinct. In writing, you know, we have this term, it's called killing my darlings. So kill your darlings to keep uh, your readers on track. All right, guys, that sums it up. Have a mission and a slogan. Discuss successes and give clear call to action. Simplify and clarify. By doing all of these things, you will get much clearer on your branding. 
Just ask yourself and your organization what you want viewers to do when they visit your website and how that will benefit your organization in the best way. This will do wonders for your clarity and increase your nonprofit's ability to actually increase your stakeholders and accomplish your goals. And another great way you can really check your audit part, the little 15 questions, is actually give, don't, you know, do this yourself, but you know, have a little team, maybe a couple other people from your board or other beneficiaries that you know well and ask them to do this for you. You learn a lot from other people who really don't have the, you know, the this whole, they haven't heard this in this podcast and they just have a form and they need to fill it out. You might really see how your, your website is impacting them. All right, guys. So as always, if you have any questions about funding strategies, please feel free to send me an email, hollywego at gmail.com. Also, I would absolutely love it if you subscribe to this podcast or visit my website and get some free stuff, some downloadables um, that you can use over and over again for your funding strategies. Once again, you can visit me at www.wegogrants.com or send an email at hollywego at gmail.com. I'll see you next time. Go get funded.